I do have some good news to start us off with this week. Not only am I back after a shitload of vomiting and which I decided to sleep on the couch for a night and missed the podcast alarms, but we also just got some great news in our inbox. The Dad and Sons podcast is now ranked 83 on the Apple Podcast Leisure Chart in Brazil. Hello wow. and welcome to the 83rd best Brazilian leisure podcast on on the Apple Podcast app, at least. <laughs> Hello, Brazil. This is Dad and Sons, and uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and like like introduce Liam and Matt before me because I'm fucking worthless. <laughs> We have Liam Edwards, who, like, has a job and stuff, and, and a girlfriend, and, and a house that he, he pays for in Japan as a game developer. This is a lie. I don't have a house. We have Matt Visual, who's, like, a trailblazer of a new career, uh, uh, grinding a hustle with, with some weird roommate situations in the brave new new world of California you've moved out there, and you're seeing it gradually come together with big, big social media clients. And 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 me and me and my roommate just, just lost the job <laughs> because ah! of the coronavirus. Because <laughs> uh... I I I'm George, the the you know like Patreon supported YouTuber who just sits around here and, and tries to pretend like like I have a normal job, like like actual people who I don't know. I'm sure that the everyone else's lives seem so much more interesting to ours right now. I'm still a trail trailblazer though. I'm still a trailblazer. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, George is having one of his crisis days. <laughs> ah! <laughs> also, I forgot that we started this podcast before Matt moved to California. I forgot. Man, it's been that long. It's been that long. Wow. Guys. It's been. I totally forgot a about long that. time. Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm God, you, I've it been hurts. through so much on this podcast. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and we shared every ounce of detail. It's no wonder, like, during the survey, the highest ranked thing was our life stories. How did we end up being <sighs> interesting people? Are we even? Are we even interesting? I don't know. No. Not. <laughs> no, I'm giving it up at this point. I'm turning it in. There's no fucking way that I deserve any of this. I've like <laughs> I haven't left the house in a month. I have like no friends around here. I have a terrible relationship with my family. I made bread with 7-year-old yeast the other night and that, made that probably caused me to miss the podcast a week ago, and you guys still managed it just fine without me. Hello and welcome. <laughs> uh, we, we gotta be supportive boys. We gotta be supportive boys. So yeah, I don't know if you guys are at this stage yet or not, but like, whoo, it's been a very long time since I've talked to people with my mouth, okay? I just like have arguments with myself when I'm when I'm cooking or washing dishes. Oh, I, no. I like I sing my, my energetic 80s Spotify playlist. What do you argue with yourself about? Uh shit. Um um whether or not we should vote for Biden. <laughs> you should, because it's your only hope. Regardless. Uh, right? But there's so many good arguments to be made against doing the there protest thing this time. There is only one argument. Well, but Do the thing you is, want like, Trump for another four years? Trump could be unpopular enough. And no, no. It, it's simple 
question. Well, yeah, no, and the rational answer is is no, and I'm with you there. I think the thing is, okay, the fantasy vision, the completely unrealistic but oh-so-gratifying and something that would only work at this point in history vision that, that I think a lot of the Bernie bros are getting swooped up in is the thought that Trump actually is so unpopular that this could be the first time in American history that a third party, like, right in wins the general yeah. i think that actually is the fantasy that they are coming after and we are going to get shitloads of bad comments from this it's the most political i've ever gotten i've been locked <laughs> up way too long i'm shaking how are you guys literary fantasy living in fantasy yeah and that's pretty much it guys i released a game and didn't do anything else how how is it by the way yay the most Let's talk about it so he released scrappers on the apple arcade you you are a are, are a scrapper, Leah. You're a, a determined, improvisational, spunky little scrapper. Thanks, George. Let's go back to you guys instead of me. He, he he's a he's a big time developer now. No. On the Apple Arcade. Look at this guy. Big <laughs> big sauce. Well, this is the thing, right? It's 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 great to say all of this, but like I must admit, having been in a, a larger responsibility role of co-directing this project. I have had the most stressful, like, five days of my life. So it's kind of weird, right? Like, I think this goes back to, like, project management or being in control of stuff. But usually, being quite positive, we tend to, like, celebrate every milestone during this project. Sometimes you'll work in places and, and people won't celebrate anything. And I, I think that's fucking wrong. Like, it's so hard to make games. It's a miracle they even exist. So, like, you should celebrate every time you progress and hit a milestone. And obviously, launch is that massive milestone. However, what never, ever changes is that launch day is most the biggest depressing and stressful and then most exciting day of your life. It's like from 9 p.m. to 6 p.m. last Friday was literally the worst day of my life with everything going wrong. And then as soon as it launches and everybody starts talking about it, it becomes the best day of your life. And it's amazing. Until a major bug comes along and you have to make a fix. So you've got to stay up until fucking 5 a.m. trying to fix it to do an emergency patch. Hey, how are releasing games is hard? But it's out. Hey, how did you handle the uh, like comment and review pressure coming in on, on launch day? Um, what, did, what, did, what did that feel like? I don't know. I, it's so hard. Like, I've read, like, a lot about it. Like, I, uh, you know, like, Pocket Gamer or Touch Arcade or, like, even IGN Japan. And there, there was, like, Famitsu and stuff. They're all talking about Holy it Holy shit, stuff. really? Yeah. And, you know, Apple Arcade is this thing that some people hate, some people really like. A lot of people just uh, kind of, you know agnostic on it oh yeah, yeah. Totally i mean you know you know here on the podcast we uh we we, we are official um, um supporters of, of the apple arcade yeah not the uh, not over stadia. google stadium <laughs> yeah. Spe speaking of general elections i just think it's it's so interesting to see being part of teams before like the grand theft Auto reviews and whatever in the past or the rdr reviews and stuff are exciting and it's great you've got like a tiny slice of that but Man, when I watch a YouTube video of somebody playing Scrappers and they're like, oh man, this control doesn't feel very good. Oh, this is frustrating. It's like every dagger in my heart. Oh. And you feel personally <laughs> responsible. And I haven't really... And it's oh. weird because I actually was thinking about it because of the survey oh, and yeah. stuff. I was thinking, uh -huh. I wonder if it's going to be like a Dad and Sons episode like where people have 
you know, a differing opinions of mine, and then they shout at me on a uh, on the internet, which is fine, right? I but I don't know. It was just way harder to deal with reading bad stuff about scrappers if there was there were, uh, like there was a couple of comments and stuff and but there was a lot of positivity which was amazing and so many tweets and stuff it was great but i don't know i think it's because you know making games is something i just incredibly are passionate about so uh, it was both the worst and best experience it's so tough but yeah i mean it's only been what well, it's monday now you know revealing behind the curtain of when we record this now it's Monday and it's only been three days, so it's still like the 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 launch window. Dun, dun. Day one begins, and we have an emergency patch coming, <laughs> like today, <laughs> because there's a Too bug. Soon. There's a bug in the tutorial which can break the game, which RQA did not find, which sucks. Um, but like, I don't want to talk about self-promotion i mean we should because we're supportive boys of each other aren't we i mean we also just like there's gonna be bernie bros mad at me now i'm sure anyways (laughs) i just want to say if you do have apple arcade or if you have an an apple device i would greatly greatly appreciate it if you gave scrappers a try it is a game that is similar to games like Castle Crashes or Overcooked and stuff, and it is played way better with friends. Maybe try if you have friends come over after the coronavirus is passed or whatever, or try online. Oh, with or if you live with people, we need online multiplayer, Liam. There is online multiplayer. You can do it. You can totally do it. I never <laughs> want to make an online multiplayer game again. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just love how how that's always the first thing you see in every single comment section request for every game ever, and then the first big article from the developer saying, "No, please stop." Yeah, it was actually funny because I was reading through like the Apple Arcade Reddit's and stuff, and there was like. So many threads of, oh, I want couch co-op, I want this and this. And like every, um, like the most immediately released comment was like, you can now, Scrappers is out. And we seem to be like the only game that has like this focus on like couch co-op kind of thing. So if you're waiting for like, I don't know, Streets of Rage or something, Scrappers could tie you over and you can have some fun. To, with to let, out, let out your rage at the, at the Democrats anyways. <laughs> George just keeps bringing it back. Yeah. Woo! So, what have you guys been playing? I've only played one game. I know what it is. <laughs> it's the game. Uh, how how the hell have you played a hundred hours of of Animal Crossing, Liam? I mean, that's not the game, but I have I have been tuning into that every day. But how what am I mean? playing hundred hours? George, George, Final Fantasy VII came out. Yeah, that's the oh, game. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the game. I have seen a couple gifts of that on the Twitter. Oh that, my yeah, God. what was that like? Was it two days ago or four <sighs> days ago? It was the or... same day as Scrappers. <laughs> I had to release a game on the same day as Final Fantasy VII. If you'd have told me when I was like ten. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only two games that are coming out on, 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 on that day. One being Final Fantasy VII. What are the fucking chances? I know. That the first got game you officially, like, in your life comes out on the same day yeah. as this, like, 25-year-long... <laughs> this remake of something that wasn't even supposed to have, like... Something that was too sacrilegious <laughs> to be remade. <laughs> oh, what man. are the actual chances? 
of all the years, of all the weeks this could have happened, know, it was right? that one. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it did though, because I've been playing it, and I, I have I have thoughts. Matt, you have thoughts. I have many thoughts, yeah, man. Me too. Oh, I beat it. You wait, what? Come on, dude. How? <laughs> I have played. I'm lucky. I played like 14 hours of it, and that's because I really just shut myself off, and I played it. But ah, oh, dude, how? It released the fuck? early. It released early on on PS4. Did it? It unlocked at nine o'clock my time. Yeah. It unlocked nine o'clock my time, and I was like, oh, I get a few more hours in. It's like a uh, for people who want to know, it's um, about like 25 to 30 hours. I'm like, you're almost well, there. No, no, I'm like, you know, twelve or so hours in, right? So how how, right. how are we going to approach this? Because obviously we're not going to spoil the end and stuff. But should we just talk about like the game in general? I'm I'm good to hear whatever. Okay. Like I I don't have as big an affinity for Final Fantasy VII, which is why I'm waiting a little bit on this. And I have read a little bit about how it ended. Why? <laughs> don't even say anything. Why? It was. It was. It, don't it say was technically. Why? All right, all right. I, you guys have the floor. Yeah, don't say anything about the ending because I hear it changes a lot, and I want to know. See, you already heard something about the ending. Now I'm not going to say anything either. No, I heard it just changes a lot. <laughs> you can kind of sense that though during the game, right, Liam? You can kind of yeah, see, uh, yeah, I can that see there's like, like these things that happen that you're like, oh, what? What's these? This wasn't in the first game. Yeah, it isn't. And like, actually, it's kind of weird because I'm playing through it. I'm trying to like remember what I actually remember apart from the overarching narrative of what Final Fantasy VII is. I'm trying to remember the intricate details and I actually don't remember that oh. much. But it is kind of like filling in gaps. And it, yes. I don't know whether it's the smartest decision they've made. There's like two things I absolutely adore about this game. And there's a lot of other things that are kind of like, eh. But in terms of like this as a decision to only be in Midgar, getting to know the Avalanche crew personally and really the game trying to make you care about them and all this kind of stuff is so good. Yeah. It's so it good. Because you don't care about them in the in the first game. Well, they're, they're, they're in it for like, what, four hours? And then that's it, right? Yeah, they're done. So like done. really expanding upon them with this and stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know how to approach this. There's like two things I definitely love and like it it follows on from different aspects of it. Well, let's go with the rough view first. All yeah, right. Okay. So, uh Final Fantasy 7. Um it begins very rough. I mean, fucking fucking rough. It does. Right. Really rough. And then it climbs up pretty well. <laughs> like pretty good. Like I don't I don't understand who who like got in charge of the game after the first couple hours but the writing changes they curse <gasps> like that, what is happening that is, oh, so oh my god you you've like nailed like it, my it biggest it seems foreign right it, it almost seems so foreign weird wait what's what's the rating this time it's it's like getting really good reviews 87 or yeah. something like that oh no no i mean yes uh, rb age rating all oh, right that is a completely different thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's still t so apparently they didn't curse bad enough to change oh, it they from cursed. an m and that that was the original rating they say shit 
bitch everything. They say, yeah. In regular conversation. But they do it like quite frequently. So I, yeah, obviously we don't want to hop on about the cursing thing, but yeah. Matt is absolutely right. Like if anybody's wondering about this game, the biggest thing I can say in terms of like what stands out is that the game starts out I mean, the, the 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 gameplay is, you know, kind of similar throughout, but the yeah. way the characters interact and talk in the beginning is like aliens who came down to the planet and tried to pretend to be humans. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the game just trying to tell you that these characters don't know each other. But the way it does is so typical JRPG, like, hey, we should head down this. What? You know, like interjecting each other at weird times, like the 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 language doesn't fit together very well. But then it hits like one mission. I don't I don't want to spoil too much, but the one with Jesse and her parents. Matt, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And from that mission on, the dialogue between all of the characters is like the fucking best video game JRPG dialogue I have ever seen. It just like yeah. flips. And as soon as all the characters know each other or like the game gets over them not being friends, it becomes fucking brilliant. And tied into that is the cinematography, which Matt, I don't know like how that stood out for you. Ah. But to me, the cinematography like of the shots and like the close-ups of the faces and it's not doing too much of the old like JRPG like characters shaking their heads and nodding in weird ways and that kind of thing. It has like very static shots and stuff that sort of fit really nicely mm. I, I didn't really notice much that really caught my eye mm. to be honest in, in this one i i don't know man i was like <laughs> i every time i think about that in final fantasy 7 camera shots I, I think about him going back to his hometown yeah i i would say um for the camera shots there's something weird about it after you start doing regular like side quests and stuff because there are side quests in this game <laughs> side quests are so and nice. it's just like this like stiff angle between <laughs> characters and it's just like hey what are you guys doing now like it's it, the quality for this game is so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. It is so inconsistent. <laughs> and it stays like that. Like at one times you're like, holy shit, this was worth sixty dollars. And other times you're like, ah, oh, at least they tried. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's like it it it's weird. It's like playing and, and it, the, the design is old. It's not polished. Like the design, like you still you can't jump. You still have to walk down ladders. Like and press a button and hold oh, a button. Like it's the most annoying fucking thing in the world. It suffers from so much of like the there is a pathway down here, but there's an invisible collision box that I can't yes. walk past. So what's the point of even what? having this what? pathway in 2020? Like it, yeah, oh. it's 2020. It's a new decade. <laughs> like what are you guys doing? It's like some of the textures. It's like and, and it, oh my god, the textures are bad. The textures are so fucking bad. It's been playing. It's playing on the. It's on the PS4. Like, what can you? What can you do? Right? But it's forgivable. I don't know. I don't know if it is forgivable. <laughs> I don't. I don't because of the the scale of the game, which is not that large compared to other games. Like, if you think of like. Ooh. No, it's, they had to split it up still. But even then, it, it does a really good job of giving you a sense of place which is important, right? Midgar is a famous video game place that 
we know because of the opening shots of the game, but we don't know because the game only spends a short amount of time there. But in this game, it really expands upon the slums, the plates. I will never forget the quote about it being like a pizza. Well, they say it a lot yeah, in this game. They say it a lot, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. The big pizza in the pizza sky. Pizza City. Pizza City, USA. This game feels like um, Final Fantasy met Yakuza Zero. Yes. Yakuza? Hmm. Yeah. That's mm. that's how it feels because the side quests feel like that too. Like some of the Dominic. side quests are like straight out of Yakuza. Yeah, am I saying that right? I'm not saying that right. Yakuza. That sounds so comfy though. Like in, in the original game, Midgar was so kind of abandoned and uh barren and the idea of walking around a crowded populated midgard with like ambient noise in the background like in the yakuza games just taking in the city uh, vibes now, sounds... now let me stop you there Gage, because oh, yeah. you think that would be a good thing right but then yeah, this game right. has an audio issue uh oh. where you walk down the streets and you're like following the character who's talking to you and then every fucking npc in the entire fucking street is also trying to talk to you at the same time or talk to somebody else and the audio is so poorly mixed that You'll be following Tifa, and Tifa will be like, hey, God, how's it going? They're having, like, an emotional connection. And then some guy will be like, fucking Shinra, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and all you hear is just NPCs talking over the top of you all the time. Like I said, not polished. It not is not polished. <laughs> not at all, man. And, and, and to be honest, like, I still enjoyed it. Even though it's so good, though <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of what I expected it to kind of be like a little, a little trash, you know, just like a little, a little trash, a little dumpster <laughs> fire, yeah. But it's not just a little bit on the side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of your mashed potatoes, you just got a little bit of newspaper, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the Biden article. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so there's two there's two things that I really 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 like about this game. But before I talk about that, I I still want to talk about a little bit of what Matt's going on about, which is this underpolished nature of it. And I got something to add before you go into the good stuff. Please go tell ahead. me it's about yeah. Barrett. No. Oh no. Oh yeah. I because <sighs> Barrett, I love that guy, but man, they done my boy bad. He's annoying. Black. He's so black sense is that, was... mm. and he, it's not like in a in a like respectable way. I don't know, Matt. You probably obviously not probably. I mean, obviously. there are other black characters. There are def there are other black characters. Like like Rude is black. It's but... just that they they make him to be Mister T, yes. like to the eccentric extra nature where they're having a normal conversation, and then Barrett will just scream obnoxiously. All the time. He's by far the most annoying character. His tone is so off. Like, he's eccentric, and he's, like, a tough guy, and he's, like, you know, he's got a lot of layers to him beyond him just being like, yeah, and he's I'm blind. Black. Right? And he's blind, too. Like, he's, like, so focused in his, like, mission. Yeah. You know? And it was just, like, awkward. You remember that? You remember that scene where they're all talking? He's, like, giving the speech after, like, like uh, thousands of people have died it's so weird like that's weird he has the most what i would say traditional jrpg dialogue where they've yeah. written a stereotyped character to be the most stereotyped but he's not even yeah. stereotyped he's just his tone is just bad it's like they're having a normal conversation and he'll be like what up soldier boy 
Like, <laughs> it's just so, even if he, his personality is like that, he would be a normal human being and he wouldn't interject in weird ways like yeah. that. Like, yeah. when he's walking around, he's like, you double crossing! <laughs> what are you? It's so odd. I don't get it. I really wonder if they're going to change the characters in the second game. I really wonder because, like, I see a little bit of that. Like, a lot of things have changed. And there's no way for it to follow the same. Because, let's be honest, the first disc, like I said, when I played this, like, when did I play this? Like, last year? Yeah. The first disc is the best disc on Final Fantasy. All the two, the other two discs are not so good. And not to say they were bad. They were just not good. So, them making more, more games, they should change it. <laughs> and I hope they will. But yeah, like, and I just hope Barrett maybe um, cleans up a little bit. Like, now that they have, like, feedback, maybe they mm. be like, oh, okay, maybe we can mess with the character a bit. Because he was annoying <laughs> in the first one, too, a little His bit, tone right? It's just so <laughs> odd. It's so, 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 so strange. It's weird. The thing is, it's weird hearing the dialogue out loud. Yeah. That was wrong with like the demo section. It's like it's weird hearing that dialogue out loud. <laughs> you know? It's just like, oh damn, it's that bad? Yes, it's that bad. It's the JRPG yeah. story. It's I that feel, bad. I feel bad for him. What was the other what was the other thing? I wrote this down because I thought this was gonna keep happening. Mm-hmm. Right. But it 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 didn't in a way. There's other things that happened, but not this bad. Do you remember? When you first get back to the seventh heaven bar, yeah. First, you walk in, right? Marlene sees Barrett, right? And then Tifa walks up, and then you walk up and talk to Tifa. Tifa's like, "Oh, cool. Where'd you get that flower? Oh, that flower's nice." And she, and in the middle of her talking to Cloud, was like, "I need to talk to Barrett." So you go and you walk mm. over. You talk to Barrett, and oh, Barrett no. was like, "Cause he wants Cloud wants his money." Right, he wants to get paid. Yeah. Then Barrett says, "No, you need to talk to Tifa." So you go and talk to Tifa, the person you just talked to. And Tifa was like, "Oh, um, give me a second. Go hang out with Marlene. Marlene is right next to Barrett, this huge motherfucking black guy. Right? Why do you need to hang out with Marlene for? Why do you? And then you go talk to Marlene. Marlene runs away." Yeah. Right. Barrett gets mad in your face, pushes you a little bit, and you you're just kind of confused. Barrett takes Marlene away. You walk over to Tiffa. Tiffa again says, "Oh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, about that. Let, let's wait a little bit. Let's let's go outside." So you go outside, and you're still asking for your money. <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, let's go walk over to the apartment. All this you're playing. All this you're playing. All this waste of time." It was the worst part of the game. Mm. Anyone who's played this understands what I'm talking about. Do you remember that, Liam? So that's the thing is like that was what made me realize that they had just done Barrett badly. Because like when you're going through this and he's like, yeah, you still the diva, don't like. And he just stays in that character. And then you bounce back and forth. And then we talk to Marlene. And like Marlene runs away. He's like, don't you be scaring my daughter. It's so odd. Like. It's so weird. It's such a weird scene. All of it's weird, though. Well, why would, why would you need to talk to Marlene for? He says, she says, go, go keep Marlene for company. Introductions. That's what it's for. The stupid logic 
of introducing a character in the most stupid way. Like, <sighs> Barrett should be introducing... See, this is like a prime example of where this game goes wrong in some areas compared yes. to what it does later, which is really, really good. Like, Jesse's story is amazing. And, like, the introduction of, like, what's going on with her is so good. Aerith is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Wait, is she Aerith in this one or Ares? Aerith. Aerith. <laughs> Aerith. I feel like such a like that whole section is it's really good. good. Like when uh, yeah, like I did that is basically where I'm at. Like just after yeah that yeah, and okay. it was it was awesome. People know the story. <laughs> like I know, I know. I'm just being careful, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really hard because everybody's great. I love Biggs. I love Wedge. I love T. I absolutely love Tifa. I really like Aerith as well. Jesse is so great. Barrett just gets the shit end of the stick. Even Cloud. And I don't like Cloud. But even Cloud has, like, character development where his, like, speech changes and his mannerisms towards yes. people in, like, a realistic way. Whereas, like, that would be a perfect example. That scene would be, like, a perfect example of, like, Barrett showing his humanity, right? Like, why he's doing this mission. Because he has this daughter he wants to protect and he wants to protect the planet and all this kind of stuff. It would have been, like, an amazing, humane way of, like, introducing the character Marlene without being doing this stupid thing of, go talk to Marlene. And, and also showing the human side of Barrett, which would, you know, level him out with the rest of what it's doing with all the other characters. I gotta say though, I, despite like little issues like that, it, it's it's pretty good. Like I would say, I would say a good portion of the game is good. It does drag in some parts because they, they really stretch this game out. Yes. They really do. Um, and I would say, uh, like we talked about when I had the podcast with George, there is some of that like male fantasy type thing going on <laughs> so, but it so does much. get turned around this quite a bit thirsty it's thirsty dude it's thirsty like, the way they have jesse yeah and tifa and and well not so much not so much but you know not so much everybody but, wants like, a little piece of cloud ass everyone wants a piece of cloud and even wedge um, even wedge wants a piece of cloud even ass. wedge wants a piece of cloud <laughs> 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 Even, there's some dialogue later that Barris like you know Wedge really likes you <laughs> I swear to god I hey you're my bro right I feel good bro stop calling me that <laughs> you know I would really love it if someone made a ROM hack of like Ocarina of Time or something where every other woman you talk to is just like oh and by the way you're so hot right now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like it's such a, a JRPG cliche that that I have just grown to love and want to see parodied more often. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> odd in this game. It's it's it. The thing is, like I, I say that with there are some parts of the game that really even it out a bit. Let me say, Wall Market is probably one of my favorite sections of the game. No, I haven't. Been I there I yet. saw Rami tweeting Wait, about that stop. section. Holy I don't know yet. I don't know okay. yet. I don't know yet. I don't Holy know. Holy shit! I'll get there. Liam, Liam, you're gonna hit that section, and there's gonna be a moment where a character flips out, and you're like. Am I playing a JRPG? <laughs> yes, Liam, you are. It's fucking fantastic. Dude. Okay, I look forward oh to it. Oh my god, I, 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 I wish it didn't fall off after after. Whoa! Like, the, whoa! Yeah. 
Oh, it doesn't fall off after that part, but yeah. I just think well, so far well, from what I played, the last third is a little. Uh, okay, you know? so well, that's the thing is like uh, the beginning is really weak, but from like just before the the Jesse parent mission, which is like chapter four, I think, through to where I am now, which is after Aerith and stuff. It's been really solid. Like I played like you know stints of like six hours of it without like realizing I'm I'm having a good time, which leads into man, please never make another Final Fantasy that doesn't have this combat. Huh. Yeah, the only thing they need to do with this combat is fix the camera a little bit. Yes, <laughs> and this combat would be. The best combat. I want to know, can you camp around corners and just wait for enemies to run up into your <laughs> not sword? Not all the time. <laughs> no, not all the time. Because you know I'm going to try that for every single I one I can. I saw you do that and that just yeah. gets me so annoying. <laughs> this, so I, I don't know. Like, for me, I already was, having played the demo last year and then we played the demo, I said a lot that this combat from what I played it could be great. And man... Once you get into the flow and you start understanding weaknesses and stuff, and then you're, you know, switching between all the different characters and you're using their abilities and waiting for the ATVs to grow, and then you're mid-maxing sort of like their skills mixed with everybody else's. Man, I love this combat system. Big fan. I like it more than I hate it. <laughs> it's just it just gets so tanky later on. Like, I don't know, like you really have to have have the right stuff yes. all the time. I it's recommend just easy. having everyone have like fire, thunder, water, air, just everything. <laughs> just everything. Because that's the only way you're going to get people's weaknesses down. Everybody has like auto heal and cura for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I always, always have like, you know, if I've got three party members, I always have like Two ATB bars up, ready to do cure any minute, and then the other one just spamming all the weakness spells. The only thing I don't like is the the parry and the block. I wish I can actually do that properly. Yeah, the, I, like I don't, I barely sucks. block. I just dodge with cloud a lot. Like I just move dodging. But block actually stuns some of the enemies. And also, dodging doesn't seem to actually do what is intended. Like yeah, I tried it's... to do the. Chadley VR fight thing. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. And like every time I blocked the attacks from Shiva, like <laughs> I just got hit. Whereas when I, yeah. uh, no, when I blocked it, it took like, you know, 10% damage. Whereas when I actually dodged out of the way, they automatically hit me and did shit tons of damage. Like, I don't know. But man, like when it's in the flow and everything's moving, pausing and fighting and then pausing, it, oh, it's like the, the, the perfect thing for me. Like it feels like somebody made it for me. And that is so yeah, cool. I really do like it. I think it's a good game and I'm I'm glad I got it, to be honest. You know, it's $60 is a lot. I, I, I'm really having fun. Yeah, I'm, I had a blast with it actually. And at, at the end, they give you an XP boost and hard mode. I kid you not. XP boost and everything. They want you to max it out. It's really cool. And a chapter select. I wonder if they're gonna do... I mean, they probably haven't even fucking started with episode two. But I wonder if you have to start blank slate with the characters. I, I'm gonna hate that. It's, it's gonna have to. Or if you can carry your actual save over 
And if now means I need to carry my fucking PS4 data with me for the next six years so I can carry over. You're going to have to sign. A lot of people are going to have to sign up for PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So you can get the cloud save. Fuck six. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to have to sign up for years. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be absolute like six years. Because like, if, my, if my thing dies, that's it. I'm done. What what's 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 what are you guys talking about right now? I don't I don't know. Transferring the, the save over like Mass Effect. Remember Mass Effect? You could oh, transfer. so the next game for transferring your save over requires you to upload it to the internet. We don't know yet because the game okay. has, hasn't even started development. <laughs> yeah, if your PS Four dies or anything, you're fucked, right? And and this is going to be for PS Five. Let's Easily. let's be honest here. Like ta- tail end PS Five, <laughs> <laughs> which is so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. After the Biden terms are over, but I don't understand because that's the one, that's that's another thing that is kind of frustrating about this game is the environments are just not that good. They're not, no. and it loses a lot of like color and character that the original has. Yeah. Like because they're wall, like you know they're like paintings and the characters are sitting on top of paintings, so you get really used to recognizing where you are. Whereas in this game, like I'm just looking at one either shitty ass shanty or I'm looking at a brick wall and rocks. Like, yep. it, it's not very engrossing in terms yeah. of environments. They try to make Midgar a place, and I do appreciate that. But the actual intricate environments, it's not very good. They, they need a little bit more time. A little bit more elbow grease, man. A yeah. little bit more elbow grease. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Final Fantasy. Sorry, George. <laughs> no, no worries. That actually <laughs> sounds like I would probably have a pretty good time with it yeah like the first couple hours i was gonna say you know what george don't get this game and then but the demo i played and then i played an extra couple hours i was like oh (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah and and like i think one of the hardest things i would have trouble getting used to going back to the old game is like that old translation for that old writing and Mm. and seeing those same old characters like the fact that you guys were using the word human does does a lot for me it's 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 different it's different here hearing clouds say i'm gonna get you bitch (laughs) is is amazing you know it's amazing i gotta say i didn't know i needed it until i got it (laughs) i'm not your bro stop calling me that I, I wow. yeah, I'm I really so like the dialogue after a certain I'm, time. Like after, whoever, just after the whole mission, it flipped. It's so good. Whatever team worked on it, congratulations, man, because you saved the game. <laughs> you saved it because it could have been boring. It could have been the same thing, just an actual remake. But they did something pretty cool with it, and those extra moments. Oh man. This does de- redefine uh, like the term remake very yeah, much. Yeah, it, re- it, it does. Even though a lot of it's shitty, don't get us wrong. <laughs> um, you know what? What? What bugs the hell out of me is that this is supposedly a more creative, imagining, d- totally different story remake. But they stamp that word "remake" on the title art of this game, and whenever you Google search for this game and see the title, but all these Resident Evil remakes coming out, they're just named after the original games. But this is like there's more of a remake than this one, apparently. 
this this is this is a lot more of a reinvention like it's a reinvention whereas resident evil 3 is getting flack right now for being the same amount of hours the original game was (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah yeah no reviews for re3 are in and they're pretty pretty good but the biggest complaints are uh that it's over in like six to eight hours i heard people complain about it that it wasn't Man, why would it wasn't as good as part that? two or something like that? that was like the other lighter um um complaint this one's getting like 80s and, and re2 was getting 90s so i i <laughs> i played, <laughs> much of a difference, I played the 20 minute demo and had a hell of a great time with it and i'm i, I i'm really looking forward to going through the the whole thing and should Wait, probably so you do got that soon you got Resident Evil, but you didn't get Final Fantasy VII. Okay. I also, I, I got Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. That's what that was your game. Okay, okay. So Liam, in last week's podcast, and <laughs> in, in last week's podcast, you said just just like a week after launch that you played about a hundred hours of Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. How? <laughs> How? Because I've got a really pretty island, and I've got like a lot oh, of things. Oh, I made a lot of money. Pretty island. I made like one, oh, I made like two million in, in bells last last week from ten. Oh my god! I bet you've paid off. Okay, no, Fucking literally how? I have paid here. off my loans. You gonna you gonna joke and insult me then? But I have paid off my loans. But I I I, <laughs> I load this game up for thirty minutes. I shake some trees, I, I break some rocks, I catch some fish, I clean, I fill my inventory up, I go to the store, I sell it out. It, it is, this is the same loop that keeps happening. I'm, I'm like- Well, you've missed like four things that have made this one interesting already in what you've just said, which is like one, going to Nook Islands and like selling all the exotic fruits and doing stuff like that. Secondly, you haven't done any online stuff, it seems, which is like the- I'm trying, okay? I apparently needed to sign up for the fee, and now you need to be online at the same time as as a friend. I mean, I want to visit your island. I don't want to- You could just open it up and have, like, the lovely dad, sons, daughters, and mothers come if you want it. Like, that's what I did. How? Just What button do you press in the menus? You go to the airport. Go to YouTube. Look up a tutorial. (laughs) I mean, it, it sounds like you just haven't unlocked half of the stuff yet. I, I just got... Okay, I'll tell you what happened. What did you get? I mean, there's no spoilers. It's Animal Crossing. Tom Nook sends you on some fetch quest to upgrade, upgrade his little shop tent, and then he asks you to get 30 hardwood, 30 you, softwood, so you've literally 30 played regular five minutes wood, of the game. 30... No, I haven't! I played like 10 hours! Shut up! George, I, I, I'm sorry, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're not selling yourself as a pro gamer here because anybody who's played Animal Crossing would know that that is literally like the first thing you do. How do you even get the 30 iron nuggets? Go Those things to don't the spawn. Nook Islands, buy what have the you been tickets? doing? I have. I've, bought, I've gone to two Nook Islands. What do you want out of me? They're all the same as the regular island I have. Break the rocks, man. Keep doing it. They have like two different trees and that's it. Then you need to find a place that has rocks. I inform them and and repeat them and okay you know we're we're off on wait what have you been doing for ten hours yeah that that farming and repeating filling the inventory up and selling it off and the <laughs> menu animations and these Japanese portable games take fucking forever and add up in that kind of way okay so I like we might be on a bad start here right but I I'm glad I bought this game I'm happy I'm having fun. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, oh it's so happy. It's like sweet and cute. You look Fuck like Alex everything. Jones, man. Yeah, you do look a little Alex Jones right now. <laughs> Animal Crossing is beautiful. Is 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 a dose of cute, adorable. Man, I'm actually gonna check sneeziness that I think I really needed right now. Oh, I have it right here. But I <laughs> look, I'm selling things. What are you selling? Actually, let me look at this. Okay, let me let me see. Because maybe maybe you can look at my game and and try to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like I was not seeing the menu options you were describing for for the the, the, the Dodo Airport. What are we doing? I, Why I, are we both looking at our switches can, while the give, podcast is I can happening? I give you a live tutorial uh, on how to actually go online. So this is the same problem I had with the GameCube version. Look, George, I'll show you, I'll show you my beautiful 15 years ago. that you too could own after I have a guard, store. I have a grill, I have a telescope, but you don't do anything with them. They just sit there in your weird little room house on the floor. Look at my Godzilla. Uh, Liam is showing me his his switch. It's so close to the webcam that everything he's trying to, <laughs> trying to, to focus so oh, I, is out oh, of focus. It's because the yeah, camera is artificial. The, yeah, the yeah. camera's the camera's breaking everything. I have a beautiful island, and I hang on. I will double check how how much have I played. I probably have played just trying to show George his Godzilla. <laughs> I played. I played eighty five hours. Should be the podcast. I name. don't understand what content or activities occupy those eighty-five hours. Like decorating your island, doing the same stuff you do in Stardew Valley. Like that's okay. Wait, hang on. I'm gonna check Nitro Rad, Nitro Dad, our friend of the show, because I know he plays a lot. What's what's? Let me just connect you to the old internet, Roger. <laughs> And he's not, he's probably not going to find anyone unless you're like online and live at the same exact time right now, right? Isn't that how this works? Oh, now I actually get a connection because you're right here with me. This is the shit I have to go through to get this online. I don't understand how you people do it. Wow. So. So, uh, Nitro Rad. You like the game? <laughs> wait, wait, guys, 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 take a, take a stab at what uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Nitro Rad, how many hours he's played. I don't want to. Ooh. I hate everything. 235. Mm. What do you do? What do you do for 235? He does the same thing you do. YouTube videos. He has extra time. <laughs> no, I mean in the game. <laughs> okay. George, you just don't like the loop. A lot of people like the loop. You sell, you buy stuff, and then you decorate, and then you buy stuff, and then you decorate, well, and then you No, fall. like, isn't there some, some metagaming involving a turnip trade? Like, yeah, I, I can't, you not, you not there's no into... way I could break a million bells with what the loop I'm doing right now. There's no way I'm even making <laughs> quick progress. It's just, it's like something that I open up for 30 minutes and, and pleasantly soothe myself with. But that's actually the how inventory. you're meant to play Animal Crossing. Like, honestly. And it's not it's not going as fast as you guys. Yeah, because you started like a week ago. Oh my god, yeah, fuck me, right? It's weird because you are actually playing like the way it's intended, which is short bursts of like an hour a day. Whereas, you know, the whole internet meta has kind of turned into this weird mid-maxing sell turnips, make lots of money kind of metagame. That isn't actually... Isn't that what you're supposed to be doing in Animal Crossing right now? Well... That's what you can do. 
Like, I haven't even gotten the bridges, man. For some reason, I feel like these 30 iron nuggets shouldn't be as intimidating as they are. They're not. Me. You'll get them, and you'll realize very soon that you'll have an infinite amount of iron nuggets. Uh, Liam, why do every Japanese portable games have really long repetitive menu animations? I will admit, there are some things that are very frustrating. Like, the crafting in this is incredibly frustrating. Like, there is... Like, why is this a specifically Japanese portable games thing? Like, like between Monster Hunter... And, and, and Bone Eater. Wait, no, I'm probably thinking of something else called Something Eater. There's like something in the process of the details, right? I think it's to kill time while you're waiting on the train. Well, no, because you can't play Monster Hunter on the train anymore, really, can you? Well, I wasn't talking about <laughs> revolutions in post-coronavirus game design. No, I'm talking about Monster Hunter World. Talking about the, the trends of... Japanese portable games. Okay, yeah, no. Anyways, I've done a lot of griping and complaining, but I like it for some reason. I can't explain. Yo, fuck the bunny too, guy. That, yeah, Jesus no, the Christ. bunny sucks and everybody hates the bunny. The bunny creeps me out because he, he doesn't act in character all the time. If you walk far away from the bunny, he'll like swipe off the sweat on his forehead and then maybe... No, fuck the bunny. Fuck the bunny. I'm the... glad he's dead. Get rid of the bunny. Yep. Never come back, Egg bunny. infestation Take your over. fucking eggs. Take your fucking creepy ass costume and get the fuck off my island. Never come back. Fucking egg day or whatever the hell it was called. Bunny day can get lost. It's garbage. Every single egg item was literally the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was upset to turn it on yesterday and look at all of my, like Sid. Sid is this hardcore like rat looking elephant that wears a leather jacket and he talks like boom, you know, like really deep voice. And then I saw him walking around in a dress and an eggshell hat. And I was like, what has this rabbit done to you, Sid? What has this rabbit done to you? And I just felt so sorry for him that I turned it off and was like, I'll wait another day for you to have your self-respect back. There's nothing cute about Easter bunnies. There's nothing cute about that bunny. That bunny is a psychotic looking disgust. Matt, you need to Google what that bunny looks like. Human-sized Easter bunnies are never a good idea, guys. Just it's the creepiest, stupidest thing. And those eggs, try, oh. I'm trying to fish. I'm trying to fish. And every time it's an egg. The colors and the brightness and the garishness of Easter Bunny costuming pattern is is gross. It's like they're too close to being clowns, you know? I feel sorry for you, George, because you've only played the game since it's been Bunny Day. You didn't get that glorious two weeks that was before. Yeah. So you are yeah, only I, about to experience it now. I actually, I think Bunny Day event started the day after I started playing. <laughs> so I've been looping around it's like something out of conquer it does it does look like something out of conquer <laughs> i'll i'll get those 30 iron ores eventually but it kind of kills me I'm, and probably soon all things considered but it kind of kills me that like a recipe for a bunny day bed which is just an incredibly ugly looking pile of pillows on the floor is like oh five easter eggs and some wood but a recipe for a regular normal ass looking bed is like 15 pieces of wood and 10 iron nuggets. Uh, it just it just seems like it's asking a little much. It sucks. Like, the bunny day sucks. But yeah, I also forgot how surreal and weird the vibe of Animal Crossing is. Oh, don't ruin like what... Animal Crossing, George. No, I'm not. It's, it's, it's... I'm not... 
I'm not real. I just said it was weird and surreal. I get it's it. Like a it's strange like strange dream. It, 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 it promotes deforestation in terms of capitalistic profit. Like we don't need to read too much. No, I'm it. talking more about how there's like a dish drying rack on the floor of my house <laughs> with no dishwasher or countertop or sink. Where did the dishes come from? Then why did you buy it? There was one of two items in the shop menu that whole entire day. So you're telling me if you walked into a supermarket and they only had a dish drying rack but no dishes, you would buy it and put it on the floor of your real apartment? If, if the system that I had been born into gave me no other choice to express myself except that way, then I guess I the would. The game assumes because... you have some human logic to your own choices. Then why do the choices seem so randomized and illogical? Because I'd really like to have a countertop to put my dish rack well, on. I'd really like a table and, and a bed in my house. That's the beauty of Animal Crossing is to have those goals. Like I built a kitchen cafe in one of the rooms and I'm so damn proud because I waited for that kitchen countertop for a long time <laughs> and my pizza brick oven. I waited a long ass motherfucking time for that and I had a goal and I accomplished it. Okay. My house might be incredibly weird and surreal and like a strange dream right now, but my yard, I have a rocking great ass yard. <laughs> With uh, that cute little camping cot that I put under the shade of a tree with a barbecue and a telescope. And See, here you go. This is the Animal Crossing spirit. It's coming out now. I'd rather just get rid of the house, get rid of the loans, get rid of the nooks, actually, and just live on that island with my little camping ground outside. How could you? What villages do you have? Do you even remember their names? I got the uh, the the panda looking guy with uh, crosses in his eyes. I don't remember his name, but the first two that I started with were Portia and uh, the squirrel. What's the squirrel look like? A little energetic boy. It, it, it was a name like Timmy or Jimmy or Bimmy or Spinny or Minnie. Is it, does he wear a green jacket and he's like kind of orangey yellow? I think so. Is his name Sheldon? Yes. Sheldon, wow, me too. I was way off. Sheldon's my favorite. I love that little guy. I'm more of a fuchsia person. You son of a... <laughs> to take a word from Cloud, bitch. <laughs> In the original game, they would have just made that like... Bees. Punctuation. <laughs> but yeah, like, okay, Animal Crossing. What do the animal neighbors in your village do throughout the day for a living to eat, sleep, and poop? Like they kind of take a few steps around and then take a few steps back and you can poop just stand there. Sometimes when you drop rocks and clay, it looks like poop. <laughs> yeah, but you can't actually poop. You sat on the toilet and any fruit you have disappears. <clears throat> any fruit you've eaten, sorry. Uh, what's the deal with, with eating tin fruits to speed you up? Tin fruits? You mean just fruits in your inventory? Or... Foods, yeah, yeah. Uh, it gives you strength. You eat ten of them. It gives you strength. It allows you to. It allows you to dig trees out and then go plant them elsewhere. And it, and it expires quickly. And it allows you to break rocks as well, which you shouldn't do unless they're in a place you don't want them to be. Oh fuck off! No way. Yeah. Is this why I'm having so much trouble with the iron ores? No, actually? no, no, no. You don't want to break rocks. Don't break rocks. Because then you can, the next day you can farm them for more minerals. So wait, I thought I would, I, I was assuming they were re going to respawn. They do in a different place and it takes like three days though. 
Oh. Okay. Don't break rocks in the beginning. Like, don't eat fruit and break rocks. Just hit the rocks Actually, six times. Actually, I think... Did you break all the I rocks? I think we might have just found my problem. So there you go. The idiot who owns the island is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Nook should do more work. Don't you disperse that good man's name. <laughs> I did not consent to many of the services he signed me up for. Then why did you fly to his island? Because I only had two choices on an option menu, and it was whether or not I'm a boy <laughs> or a girl, not whether I wanted to go. Well, it's Tom Nook's deserted island package. I was very upset to find him on his supposedly deserted island. He gave you, like, a brick wall. He gave you a store. He gave you, like, all of nature's god green blessings. He doesn't False take advertising. He trusts you. And no, he gives you, he builds you a house. And he yeah, says, he take me back whenever you like. Whenever's free for you. But I'm going to die someday. Sure, the character in the game's not. The character in the game is just a, a, a fictional virtual sprite living in a, in a fake world. I, on the other hand, playing the game, am suffering for Tom Nook's laziness. Tom Nook's got other fish to fry. Like, he just stands there in his tent with his spoiled dumb kids. <laughs> Nephews. Whatever. They're still kids and They've they look like Tom Nook. They and source all of the goods, man. They literally run a shipping like empire that somehow exports giant arcade machines to a random deserted island. Like, give them some credit. And yet somehow the local Easter Bunny's goods are cheaper and more plentiful. Yeah, the Easter Bunny's creepy and you shouldn't talk to him. Didn't your parents ever teach you? <laughs> Kids, if you're friends with some strange adults who are very into animals, play it safe. According to a shocking new documentary produced by Netflix called Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> Animal Crossing Tiger King. <laughs> they might they might drive you crazy. So you're loving it then? You ever just like really enjoy the 30 minutes a day where you go through a really cute, friendly, happy, funny game and... The whole while you're just like, fuck Tom Nook, fuck Tom Nook, fuck this island, fuck this buddy, fuck everything. Because that's what the experience of playing Animal Crossing has been like for me. And in complete 100% genuine sincerity, it's, it's actually pretty fun I time. feel like it's a very, uh, what is it? It's a great example of the, the sympathies of being an adult. You're like looking at the most cute and adorable and like non-realistic, nothing matters thing. And you're like, fuck this, fuck that, why the fuck? The game is a vessel for like crass humor in a way that is just beautiful. I love it. And, and, and the humor and the personality of that game is appealing to me in a way that it did not as a kid. Like, like it so often seems like... <laughs> I love it. Like, like, like the experience of of living the 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 Japanese female imagination of making wry observational humor about the empty vapidness of commercialization and cuteness. <laughs> I, I I like it. I like it. I just want to get to the rest of my island faster. Anyways, yeah. Um, we should talk about Tiger King. Tiger King's fucking nuts. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm gonna get out of here. Speaking of are you are you pops. getting totally out? Cause, cause, like we we could beat around the bush and try to sell you on it if you're if you're still unsure. I, I mean, I'll watch it eventually. I just I just don't feel like getting to another long series right now. Oh <laughs> man, awful. it doesn't feel long when you watch it though. 
Yeah, seven episodes, 45 minutes each. So I only have one thing to say about Tiger King. They move very fast. I don't understand how Joe Exotic is a good singer. He's a really good country singer. Yet when you hear him talk, I I think that's not him. Is that's a, that's the thing? I actually wanted to ask that. Is he actually singing? Let's 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 do this because revealing that this guy does music videos is a spoiler for Matt. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's in like the beginning of every episode. It's it's the beginning of the first episode, but the stuff that well, they throw at you in the first episode, it comes at you so fast and it's so dense that like. 20 minutes in, you're past spoiler t- territory. Once you describe this show as being about the intrigue between big cat zoo owners in the United States, <laughs> everything else you say beyond that is a potential spoiler for just how many shocking revelations of how the, the, crazy the, these people's world is. The smartest thing this show ever did was introduce a new person every episode and you couldn't think the story would get even more weird and unravel stuff and yet a new person who is integral to the story gets unraveled per episode it's 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 insane yeah they 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 are really hamming up that netflix final line before the credits is the cliffhanger line with this it's so good so tiger king is is batshit insane and riveting and engrossing. And I also think one of the most dangerous exercises in documentary, I'm pretty sure I think I may have ever seen. Also one of the most like boldly and brazenly kind of manipulated and filtered. I I did use the word risky, right? It's legally risky. Like there's a lot of stuff in, in, in journalism, you're not supposed to allege that someone did something illegal unless you have shitloads of evidence and know that it's true. And they they break a lot of rules here that like eventually come to wrap themselves up in a weird way. But it really kind of sort of feels like the crew and Netflix is playing a very dangerous game by by publicizing this guy. I think this got sold. To Netflix after. I don't think Netflix had any involvement until after this was a thing and then they purchased it. Well, by by putting Joe Exotic's name and face and voice and character out there in front of so many people, they're absolutely positively going to have a lot who are going to sympathize with him. This is a documentary about how internet drama can go way far out of control to the point where people get hurt and die. And I I seriously worry Nobody that the success of this show, come on, you you watch through it. You know how it goes, right? Yeah, but well, yeah, I know. Uh, the the premise is that this guy, Joe Exotic, hired somebody to try and kill somebody else. But the the show never really talks about that until the ending, really, like the last two episodes. Like you know that's coming. That's the smart thing about this show. Like you you know it's coming, but. So you go in and expecting them to talk all about that, but actually they don't. 
They spend like four episodes talking about all of the other crazy shit that is happening. They are very selective. It's very good. About like who they choose to talk to and how crazy they try to get them to sound for just that one particular soundbite. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Like you notice probably a lot of scary music suddenly jumping in. It's Like great. a lot of voices will get distorted. Sound effects will be suddenly really louder. I and, like um, Jones <laughs> What's that? I like I like Joe Exotic. Oh boy, I do. He's he's a stupid, stupid idiot, yet weirdly endearing at times. And that's the reason why Donald Trump is president and Boris Johnson is PM. Thank yes. you, Liam, for pointing out the exact problem of why they maybe sort of should have uh, made Baskin him look like a way worse Carol person. Ba Carol Baskin totally, totally murdered her husband. Oh, calm the fuck <laughs> Liam, don't be doing this to me after a week of sickness and isolation and the fucking plague. You're seriously going to be a, a, a Joe Exotic stan? And I'm going to have to take Team Carol here? I am Because that lady is like... I, Hail, you cool cats and kittens. I can't... I cannot stand that one. Oh my god. No, I'm sorry. There is something weird that happens whenever any like... like socially awkward middle-aged white woman has as a cause whether it's like hillary clinton or no, Carol no, no, baskin no, 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 no. it attracts I, I, so I, much hatred i no, i am i am joking about the murder of her husband thing i don't know but in terms That's of the like, thing. like you, you're this, not supposed to this woman is a complete and utter fraud as well though and that's the whole point of the show right the whole point of the show is that she is not as bad but if almost in what she does in terms of uh, she milks social media to gain money and she gets donations of about $30,000 per week, as mentioned in the show. She doesn't take care of her animals like she does. Uh, kind of the, the whole uh, supporting the big cats things, yet she has like 80 cats herself and doesn't uh, contribute to like progressive uh, wildlife conservation by releasing her tigers into the wild and all that kind of stuff. And also, fourthly, she hires unpaid interns and gets like 80 people to volunteer and work in her place. She's almost as bad. And that that is part of the key info oh, where she's dear. not trying to murder people. She's also- Oh my fault. And that's just ridiculous. But it's part, the whole point of the show is about, in the beginning, talking about this cat issue, right? And what is like ethical, and and a part of what is bad about the show maybe also be the fact that it swings away from ever caring about big cats and becomes a character drama. Yeah, about it's real very people. unfortunate. She's for a lot just of reasons. in that regard. Oh come the fuck on! But she is. No, like she's operating a nonprofit. That's the reason why they aren't being paid. You only see like a few clips of the tigers being in small cages when throughout most of their lives there, apparently they live in big fenced in yards that you don't see from the front of the gate. But they show a map of the sanctuary like from above. Like the, the show also doesn't, the show doesn't purposely try and paint her in a bad light, but doesn't. Yes, it does. It doesn't shine away it absolutely from showing does. the harshness of maybe what she is doing as well and and like yeah i get that there but oh my god this is such a weird show her husband hey, was probably you? a drug smuggler who would actually legitimately just legitimately whatever <laughs> who actually illegally disappeared on one of his many planes he knew how to fly for one of his many costa rican prostitute trips that they had a very bad marriage and argument over and was expecting a disappearance to happen anyway 
fed to tigers. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? The police are reopening that case, right? Oh, oh, I I don't now. There is going to be like 10 new podcasts next year based around trying to find out what the, uh, the actual conclusion of what happened to her husband would be. Like the truth behind whether or not either he was murdered by her or, you know, the whole drug thing See, happened. See, the way I interpret it is that the truth is probably a more mundane and less sensational explanation. No doubt. Involves really, really skilled documentary filmmakers making this shit look way more magical than it actually is. And yes, I would agree it's probably more mundane than we actually thought. But what if this show has taught you anything crazy shit can happen and it'll it's real and like you'll have some very strange human beings who will be involved well you you say strange but i feel like in a lot of really sad ways like the real lives behind these human beings is is pretty darn visible in a very transparent way on this show like they go through profiles of people who have no other options in life but to but that's what i'm talking about they have options but they eventually they get manipulated by this horrible abusive narcissist are we talking about carol or joe joe who takes advantage of the fact that they don't have like an easy way to get an education or an outlet for it and also the kind of weirdly addictive qualities these big cats seem to have on their owners. The crazy drug lord who chainsawed a guy was the only one who <laughs> seemed to be aware that there was some sort of like need for a fix for tigers these people kept getting. Like being around a tiger is... I love every person in this show because they are just oh the my most God. amazing character studies. No, they're impoverished poor people who didn't have a better chance in life and got hooked on the wildest, craziest drug there is, which is narcissism. And yet, it, like, at the same point, it's like these people had nowhere to go, had no opportunities, and this guy who, for rightly or wrongly, is a terrible narcissist and also a manipulative fool, okay, okay. hired them and allowed them to live and work and eat from everything he was provided, everything he was earning. I am not, I'm not, I'm joking around when I defend Joe Daddy. I'm not. He obviously is an egregious, terrible human being, right? But there are qualities to him on the flip side of also bad of Carol and also the other weird, like the sex wizard indie guy. I, I, I'm, I am of the opinion that Carol just got completely shafted over by the producers here. I don't here. know. I don't know. If I am of the angle that what we're actually seeing is what the result of like, poverty looks like and and also a defense of the idea that you are such a powerful individual in the world that you can escape poverty if you want therefore you might as well just kind of sort of enjoy your shitty existence on the tiger farm is something that carol baskin got wrapped into as well so in the introduction of her segment she says that she's walking down nebraska avenue in tampa florida at night i'm totally reading this from the internet by the way you have this story that involves a rich man pulling her over from the street she says that she was raped at 14 and married him at 17. That all sounds like an, someone who was underage as a prostitute got hooked up with a drug lord and the best solution she could make out of that incredibly shitty situation of a husband who left her was to turn it into a non-profit animal rescue after realizing how bad the breeding business she knew before was. Quite possible. And so for someone like that, Oh god, it's so it's so hard to talk about because there's so many like what ifs and possibly's and maybes in the story that you can't really say much with conclusive 
assurance, but I just want to like half assuredly speculate that uh, Carol Baskin is probably not that bad of a person and everyone else is probably okay. The ex-husbands and the women on that weird sex tiger cult harem seem like their worst quality is really them just being gullible. Yeah, and I mean, like ignorant. It's the, it's the TV show of stupid people. I mean, oh, I don't know if uh, Doc Antle or who is the new owner who bought it out from Jeff. Joe Exotic, Jeff. Yeah, Although he oh, eventually I mean, got that... got caught and arrested, so he's not smart. But Doc Antle, well, he didn't. He got away. Still, with it. Ugh, God, hearing the conversation where he like, I was it Doc Antle? Who was the guy who chainsawed the guy? No, that was the drug dealer. Doug Ansel was the like weird sex wizard guy. Okay, yeah. When 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 Chainsaw Man described what it was like rationally, like weighing and crunching the numbers of risking a murder for his drug business, I was like, "Oh, holy shit! These guys are psychopathic, evil people, but they're not dumb. That sucks." <sighs> yeah, no, Joe Exotic seems like like an idiot. Much of them seem like an idiot, but, <laughs> but there's the one guy who seems like a drug lord mastermind who's actually aware of, of how tigers and the adrenaline they were getting from playing with tigers was a drug too, who seemed like he had a kind of evil intelligence to him, and that scared me a lot more than... Yeah, but that's why he's only in the show for one episode, and then they never yeah. get to him again. Because... <laughs> he was too smart to agree to more interviews than that. Well, he was just too smart, so it wasn't interesting. I noticed that I got a lot more shock at the scenes of, of primates in these zoos than I did of the cats. I don't know if you got that too, but whenever I, did, I saw yeah. like... Like when you saw other animals, you kind of forget. You're like, oh yeah, there must be... It's a zoo, right? There must be other animals. But but monkeys and, and apes and chimpanzees have a special place in my heart. They're so close. They They look like kids. They just... They look like something that could have horrifically Resident Evil transformed out of a human baby. So like... I sympathize with them more and their plight. They are easier to personify than than the tigers. Whenever we saw a shitload of footage of, of tigers getting treated badly, but they did not dwell on that in the documentary. And they also cut out a lot of Joe Exotic's racism. Oh, yeah. Like man. this is. I mean, that terrible people like that's why terrible. I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because. Maybe it's because you don't live near a bunch of American rednecks, but I was not seeing the appeal of any of these characters. Well, this is the thing, that... right? To me, they just don't seem real because they are oh, literally yeah, just caricature yeah. rednecks. And and to me, they remind me of like real ass poverty I've witnessed and stuff. Like people who who will grow up under those kinds of conditions to develop those kinds of attitudes. That might be why it's hilarious to be and not so <sighs> hilarious to you. Uh, yeah, like it was, it was scary. It was riveting. I, <laughs> I only laughed in self-defense at just how ridiculous each new step would get. Well, I had well, fun. I, I. Then I watched This Is Sunderland, and that was a bit too real for me. And then, because it's English. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! I remember you. Um, we had this talk actually about Dairy Girls. Yeah, didn't we? did you watch Dairy Girls? I did, I Yay! did, and, and you said, or was it you who was yeah. like? It reminded me of a little bit of a of an uncomfortable time. Well, it it reminds me of school, and it, I imagine it reminds a lot of Irish people about when the IRA and stuff was happening. No, like I love that show. I I'm a, I'm really really big fan of that show. Did you like it? 
the the dairy girls seem like uh fun crass adult cartoon characters yeah but live action it's father ted but for 2020 it's good i liked it so matt you back you back matt matt matt's just back. matt 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 just was like i'm gone dudes fuck this <laughs> how how long did we go on for let me see my mm, 17 minutes not bad not bad not bad matt you didn't you didn't have to witness the the beast the george beast the George Beast. I, I had to take Team Carol, man. It was it was nasty. I can't Lord. wait for Matt to watch him be like, "Fuck Carol." <laughs> <laughs> this is Matt. This is the kind of show where you want to keep a, a, a phone of Google open while you go through it. Everywhere we go. Why do millions of kids start their day with Kellogg's Frosted Flakes? We are tigers. The answer's short and sweet. The great taste. Those crunchy flakes, perfectly coated with sweet frosting, are a welcome part of any balanced breakfast. And they have the one-of-a-kind taste kids have made their own. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. They're more than good. They're great! Welcome back, all you cool cats and kittens. I'm harnessing my inner Carol. My inner Carol basket. Oh, is that is that what? Okay, that that makes way more sense. She she says it in such a weird way, like, "Hello, all you cool cats and kittens." Oh, <laughs> that doesn't mean she killed her. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> yes, they they said I buried him after I ate him to the tigers. <laughs> okay. You know, scenes of that kind of horrific. I'm just gonna walk away again. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. come back, come back. Just gonna walk away. Resident Evil Four. Yeah, um, um, chainsaw deaths are something that hopefully happen in Resident Evil 4 and not to Carol's husband what? and Tiger what? King. What is going on? <laughs> They're remaking Resident Evil 4, Matt. Well, supposedly. Yeah, according according to to rumors from uh, VideoGamesChronicle.com, like yes. multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit's gonna sell. It's gonna sell. Like, ooh, that is <laughs> and gonna... Yet, and yet, most... Of the majority of people talking about it are quite upset because supposedly Resident Evil Four doesn't need a remake. I mean, they're I mean, not wrong, but there is the island. Have you played it recently? I've played that game so many times, and I love it to death. That I would absolutely welcome a remake to see a new light on a game that's been sold on every single goddamn platform I, in existence. I am apprehensive <laughs> because I do believe that RE4 is a modern classic that doesn't need a remake, but I am also somewhat hopeful because like, the, there is the island that is a chapter of that game that could actually use a remake, and there's the um, just the really good, solid, strong streak that, that Capcom's RE teams are on right now. There's a lot of really great stylization that i think you could do with a with a foggy gray redwood forest with next gen graphic technology that i would like really like to see this game would be great like it it will be great it's not made by the in-house re team though and what are they gonna do about quick times oh yeah it's uh osaka based m2 yeah brand new new studio. studio Founded by former Platinum Games head Tetsuya Minami. Do we know who's working there? Uh, yeah, Tats- Tetsuya Minami. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it, it's called it's called M2 because the original idea was that Shinji Mikami 
and Tatsu and Minami ah. would work together on this project, but then Mikami was like... In any case, that does not dash my hopes, because any Capcom stamp on a Resident Evil game that, that comes out next is still good news to me, because 7 was fucking great, RE2 make is fucking great, RE3 seems to be doing okay! I'm excited. It's not like the RE4 original game's gonna go away, even if it's bad, it'll still be there. I'm, I'm excited too. I, no, exactly, right? That's the thing, right? It's like, if you don't want to play it, don't play it. It's the same with the Final Fantasy VII remake. If you don't like it, don't play it. I'm surprised I'm not more apprehensive, actually. Because, um... I just wonder about quick time events. Like, that, that, like, that is something that has passed into the wind oh yeah you're uh, right so, but it was like introduced in this game so how are you going to do it's iconic it? in this game i wonder what's going to happen to the camp like the the roller coaster rides and the giant statues chasing I hope through the they castle keep all that weird shit like they did an re2 god god imagine seeing ramon salazar's like like <gasps> his big chasing statue and and glorious next gen <laughs> 4k it's going to be amazing. Uh, haptic feedback, solid state drive, Resident Evil 4 remake. <laughs> it's going to be great. I wonder if they're going to make um, Leon walk and aim at the same time. I hope so. that would definitely Just necessitate all, a change. All we need is RE2 combat in RE4, and then we're golden. That's all we need. Well, RE4 is a little, a little faster and more intensive on the, the drop kicks. And, and the RE2 yeah, yeah, remake, yeah. Keep, you're... Keep that. Keep, keep mm -hmm. all the, the combat yeah. stuff. And keep it on the one button presses. I don't need no tank controls. No tank controls. And in, in, in RE2 no. remake, Leon was not an action figure superhero, but it was fine because he's younger. But I wonder if in this one, they're going to try to gritty it up and, and make him... Uh, if they don't make his face look the same as old RE4, I'll be upset. <laughs> I just because I think I think RE2 Leon is handsome, but he's not RE4 Leon handsome. I I want to get that drop kick that you get after a headshot in RE4. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man. The the crowd clearing move like RE4. I want the big like somersaulting kick, like the flat. It's so much more of a brawler game in in some ways than like the hardcore survival horror that the latest ones have have steered towards. So that is also something I wonder too is is if this is going to be an incredibly ironic moment in video game history where Resident Evil Four will be remade to <laughs> to steer the series back. To uh, darker, slower, quieter horror from from the action that RE4 steered it towards. <laughs> That'd be something. Hey, let's move on to some listener emails. If you would like to send in an email about how much you don't want to vote for Joe Biden, mail it in to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, Marcus R., my preferred candidate, wants us to discuss a topic <laughs> on the podcast, Time. I was wondering if you could talk Jesus. about controlling time in video games. Examples, Max Payne, Prince of Persia, Fear, Superhot, Time Shift, Dishonored, Life is Strange, etc. Uh, compare gameplay mechanics, importance to the larger picture. What are the different ways so far of manipulating times in games? What game does it best and why? Are there any possible mechanics that have not been explored yet? How does it fit into the game's overall story and pacing and so on? I would argue only Surprise. two of those games on the list are good, and he missed like the best example of time, even though I don't like the game. Oh my is, god. Which is oh. brave. 
Braid, Braid is... Yeah, I, I don't like Braid, but Braid is the best example of using time to actually shift the world, I would Yeah, 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 for sure. Like Super, Super Hot and Prince of Persia are the only two games in that list that I think actually use time to be a unique gameplay mechanic and not just a gimmick. I should watch someone play Braid because I just never got into it. Yeah, me neither. I tried three times. Three times. Couldn't. What, what about the like snap pausing you can do in Dishonored where you zip around and like but it's put not people in front of their to bullets? The it's not integral to the I, gameplay. I, I went through that game without doing most of those tricks and was sad to find out that you could do that shenanigans afterwards. Well, that's the point, I right? I feel like so, I really missed out. In Max Payne, you can play the game without it. Prince Persia, you cannot. Fear, you cannot. Uh, you can. Super hot, it's literally the point of the game. Time shift, mm-hmm. I don't know. Dishonored, you can play the game in completely different ways. Life is Strange is like... Max Payne that's, was awesome. That's a stretch. Because <laughs> that's a complete stretch, I think. Max Payne, Matrix, Lomo. Love it. Bullet Time I, in 3 is amazing. Yeah. I want to, to just like say that my fave was super hot VR. Yeah, for sure. Time yeah. moving when your body moving felt like being a different animal. Like it Sup- felt like I was thinking really fast and moving really slow. Super Hot is a great example of one of the only games that actually, alongside Braid, that actually uses it as like an integral part of like the game design. Now, like it's not just cast off as like why is there not feature. a Super Hot VR two? Now, Cell Shaded Prince of Persia. Now, that was a good game. Did that do the this has nothing to do with the time mechanics. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't have the yeah, time mechanics. That's a good game. Cell-shaded. That's the, that's the Jake Gyllenhaal era, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Like, that That was that was a good game, man. I, remember I only that. ever remember that game just being on sale on Steam for, like, a yeah. dollar all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't as popular. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It was made by EA, right? I don't, I don't remember. It was the reboot, right? Yeah, it was a reboot, and people just oh, the life didn't the take reboots. to it. Yeah, remember renting it. God, oh, man, I read. I miss Redbox. I miss Redbox so much. Oh my god, I, this podcast has lived through the era of <laughs> Red death box. to Redbox. Yeah, paying sixty dollars for games is like it's it's like so bad. Two thousand and eight. So that game came out in two thousand and eight. What the yeah. hell? When did Sands of Time come out? That was before that, right? That was yeah, the game before can... that one. And then there was a game after no, 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 this no, no. one, there too. Was, there... No, Sands of Time was like... There was a game between Sands of Time and it, right? There must have been, because this was the reboot. Yeah, there was like <laughs> Sands of Time, Warrior Within, Two Thrones, Battles of Prince of Persia, and then, the... and then they remade it six years later. <laughs> no, five years later. Well, yeah. Uh, Is that the question? Uh, what what game? It's 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 it's, it's tangent. Well, off, what what off a question? Yeah. Well, what uh? <laughs> what we're known for? Some golf time <laughs> mechanics. Some golf time mechanics. Liam. Excuse me. Some uh, golf. Are you, golf. Hey. Time are, mechanics. You, are you are you trying to hint weird shit? <laughs> some golf. Well, some listeners golf. aren't gonna have any idea what that means. So instead, <laughs> <laughs> Tristan M wants to ask Liam about uh. Oh no. About about your your background and your secret history. Uh, okay, do you want to read it so other people know what it is? Tristan M says, 
I don't know too much, but I do know you started out doing computer science at university. I'm curious how you went from a computer science degree to becoming game designer. Did you find the knowledge gained from computer science incredibly useful? No. <laughs> really? Uh, it's a double-edged question. No, uh, answer, sorry. No, I didn't. Um, I did study computer science and realized I was really bad at it. I was really bad at it. And I took a different route, I would say, in regards to my being able to work in the games industry, which is I wrote about video games like George did, and I made stuff instead. And I talked about not just games as like, I mean, everybody on the show knows now, I like talking about systems and I like talking about design, and I've always done that. But before I was just kind of writing about it instead of actually putting it into practice about what my ideas would be because I couldn't program because I hated programming and I I could, you know, I, I'm fairly decent at like JavaScript and like HTML5 and CSS and I could do web programming and stuff like that. No problem. That was fine. But I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't get to a level where it was, especially when I was in university, which is like 2008, 2009, it was early days there wasn't like the freedom of unity in game maker as there is right now oh yeah and it wasn't and so i went to rockstar and i i kind of did stuff completely different where i didn't have to use computer science degree but then when i was at rockstar i started doing a little bit of scripting to fix bugs and stuff and then i learned you know that all my tiny knowledge of programming came in handy but it wasn't so much and i had to relearn everything and that kind of sparked an interest that made me pick up Game Maker. And when I picked up Game Maker, I learned GML. And that, like, all of the logic and stuff that's in my head about programming, but not necessarily, like, the intelligence of it, was still there. So GML fit perfectly because it uses programming logic, but in a very simple scripting form. So I was able to make stuff, and I felt good, and that gave me even more interest into it. So I wouldn't necessarily say that my degree in computer science gave me any skills to build to becoming a game designer. It much more gave me skills to be like a web uh, a web programmer or a designer or whatever. Just fucking around in Game Maker, thinking of an idea, literally what Matt just hinted at, which I was showing these guys <laughs> before the podcast, was something shitty that I was making in Game Maker. And, it, you know, it uses like simulated ball physics and stuff like that. Like that was a cue for a joke that I meant, but you know, uh, <laughs> oh, mine are all real baby. It uses simulated ball <laughs> physics. <laughs> so I got to a level where I can do physics programming, or at least I can in like GML and I could, I can actually program in unity and stuff, but it's because I had the initiative myself to go out there and do it, but I much prefer designing and you don't need to be a programmer to understand design or design games. You need to look at stuff like white boxing, opening up Unity and just putting a load of boxes around that resemble a level and show like pathways and stuff like that. That's that's a completely different thing, but being able to understand other disciplines is definitely helpful for when you work in a team, but yeah, I don't know. What is the usual path to game development these days? It depends because they're, everybody's a specialist. I thought it used to be computer science. It did used to be computer science because the only people who could make games were programmers. And that, that's my point, right? Like when I went to university, it was on the cusp of change, but it was still programmers predominantly. But then, 
the explosion of indie games and people making games at home means anybody can make games. But when you work for a studio, you still have to be a specialist. Like you have to be an animator or a rigger or a technical artist or you have to be a graphics programmer or a systems programmer or a tools programmer. And you have to be here like a level designer or a senior designer or a director or, or a executive producer. Like there are so many different pathways, right? And game design is something that unless you're a programmer or an animator or an artist, you can't actually study. It, it like literally you can just try and make stuff and then maybe you'll get a job. Like <laughs> I don't know what better. Like there are people like, uh, you know, uh, Derek Yu and stuff like that where they talk about the different multi-facets of game design and it's great and it's super interesting and for somebody like me who is fortunate enough to already have this job for me it's just making me a better designer all the time but for somebody who's maybe getting into the industry it's not that useful because these are like you know big dudes who are just talking about the industry in general but there are people like Max Pears who runs like the, the level design podcast he works at CD Projekt Red on Cyberpunk and stuff he actually just talks about how to design levels, like how to white box things in Unity, how to, how to download asset packs. And like, Matt, you've been doing a little bit of this, right? Like trying to get into Unity and stuff. Yeah. Like this, Max, he's not a programmer. He's just a designer. He uses like literally simple scripts to get things moving. But other than that, he's just trying to teach you what is like the way to make good levels, like spaces in video games that you know, would be fun to play, like how you can visualize from like a third person camera or a first person camera, like the different heights of boxes or, or walls or rooms and spaces. And that kind of stuff, if you like look at that, that is much more like a studious way of getting a job. Like if you follow that, you could make stuff and then you could try and show portfolios and stuff. But it's really hard to say that computer science is now the only way to get into the games industry. It's definitely useful if you want to become a game programmer, but not a game designer. Maybe not. Yeah. I will never forget seeing Richard Hoffmeyer at GDC in 2013, who had just won a shitload of awards for, for cart life. And like someone who was unable to come up with with uh, acceptance speeches at the show and just looked completely sweaty and miserable and apparently made this game over a year in his free time after working in, in the food industry. And he just kind of shrugged and said, the tools are way easier now than they used to be. And that was seven years ago. Yeah, that, but he's right then. And, mm -hmm. and that game right came now. out in 2010. So that was 10 years ago when it actually released before it won all the awards. Like when I think back to like Salaryman Suzuki-san, when I was fucking around after Rockstar and I was learning how to do GML and I was learning basically how to program all again and all of the mistakes and everything that's in that game literally makes my skin crawl because it's bad and it's broken. But I could never picture like now just booting up Unity and making this dumb shit that I was showing George and Matt earlier because it's like physics simulations with complete wall collision and like the ability to change states and like the camera moves and then changes between doing like there's so many different things that now are just like second nature to me not in terms of design because that's always been there but in terms of like programming and also in like the way you run systems and stuff so it's like practice it's it's like everything you just have to practice and you just have to try and you'll get there eventually but the tools are way much easier now yeah I, I, I kick myself every day for many reasons, one of which is not checking them out. <laughs> Make games. 
so we we should try that eventually, right? But we also have a little bit of a uh, a, a, a spoiler chat in in store for uh, for for Half Life Alex Alex. Alex, Alexis, Alexis. Yeah, last last week when I was sleeping nauseously on the couch, I would have about it, but alas, um, Liam, you still haven't beaten it, right? Nope, that's why I'm gonna get out of here. Oh, Liam. bye, Liam. I'm gonna bounce, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go play Final Fantasy VII. Oh, oh, oh! So hey, next week you'll beat it, Marvel and then we can talk about it, right? And then... yeah, yeah, you guys could do the spoiler chat for FF Seven next week. This please. week, me and Matt will do uh, Alex. Please, please, please. Because, <laughs> because apparently we're living in an age of bad, weird endings. Yeah. Oh my Shut god. Up. Right. I'm gonna stop my like, recording. Get out I'm of here. So, so... Stop. <laughs> okay. Bye. I love you all. <laughs> Subscribe to Dan Sons. Bye, Liam. Okay. So. Matt, um, we, we, we went all the way through it. Yeah. And, uh, I wrote some notes down a week ago that I think I deleted when making this week's podcast outline, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed that game, um, throughout most of, of the run and a second run that I gave. On the second playthrough, a lot of the standing around and waiting for people to talk sections was quite a lot more rougher than the first. Yeah. But but we're here to talk about like the later game stuff, right? Yeah. So I I think I got every single collectible ever. I upgraded almost everything. Like I was missing like the laser sight on uh, one of the guns. I, I, I like the... The grenade launcher on the shotgun. Yes, and that was like sc- the best. Stuff a grenade straight into the gun. Yes, that that, uh, that was the, great. That was great. How I, do you think of the reservoir chambers? The the extra ammo. Oh, the thing that you unlock. Yeah, it it makes the reload procedure of the guns a little more complicated. So it's kind of sort of like a soft downgrade depending on the situation, though, because sometimes it can be advantageous. Oh. I see what you're One oh, yeah. cool right. trick I learned throughout the game was holding a power cell for the combine machine gun in one hand and the gun in the other, and you just can like hold the trigger while hiding behind some cover and poking your hand out above it and just feed ammo into that gun yeah. as as you fire it. And that's a move you can't really pull off with the, the reservoirs. I, I had so much extra ammo because I'm a hoarder. See, I don't like survival games like this because I hoard way too much and i don't enjoy the game were you playing on normal or hard normal because i was playing on hard and it was at a good clip i think that's actually the way if you're used to vr games you're supposed to go through this one i heard a lot of people complain about how easy it was and i was not feeling that as much with uh with hard mode they can't they can't complain that it's easy when they can switch the game to hard that's just like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, this is weird. Country. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> Until you call the cops on them for yeah. it. Okay, you were talking about the the tracking issues. And those those eventually did get fixed for me, but I had to move my, my sensors into a different spot. I think I have to move mines in a different spot because I get connection issues a lot with my hands. Like the finger placement on the Oculus is not so good. 
when it comes down to um like i just have you with a constant fist and like two of your fingers poking out <laughs> all the time and it just kind of brings you out i i think that there's there's a little bit of a height issue too for in, like you couldn't even get to like the floor like yeah, no matter what i can fix me. it yeah yeah just like little issues like that. I don't have it in any other games, but this one, like I had a, a ton of issues with like little things like that. With with how much more of a beast VR games are, I'm yeah. willing to give it a lot of passes. My yeah. first run through, I had constant tracking issues until I changed the uh, camera positioning in my second run through, which I didn't get all the way to the end of the second run through. I'm going to skip chapters. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I had, some of it just kind of kind of draggy a little bit. A little I had the sensors changed and didn't have that issue. One thing that does also become really, really obvious as the game goes on is a uh, formula starts to become apparent. Yeah. You you have about five minutes of, of, of gunfight action and then like a good 20 to 30 minute stretch of puzzle action. Environmental puzzles. They'll get breaking up by one minute of um, minigame puzzles with the globe. And I think it's because I am left-handed, but the globe puzzles in the game is something that became really annoying on the later playthroughs. They feel real arbitrary. It's more like turning a weirdly shaped key than something that engages your brain as an actual puzzle. Uh, yeah. I don't know if uh, if that's the intention or not. Oh, the like the VR things. The where you're the sliding icons across yeah. a globe that you are turning around with your hand, which is going to be really funny to watch players with uh, mouse and keyboard try to play that. Ooh, more developments have been made in that world. If you're intrigued, yeah, I yeah, I'm going to show you some new videos. <laughs> this is <laughs> this God. is some good shit. I hope I can find the right one, but I um saw a video just released yesterday that actually animates the hands with your mouse and keyboard and i will post it into our discord now i hear you sigh i hear you sigh but i'm really interested to hear your reaction when you actually look at the video and see what the <laughs> heck <laughs> so it's just constantly pointing She's moving around her whole life with just like Tyrannosaurus Rex hands. Oh my that, god. You can you can vaguely hover them over something and, and try to get them to connect and, and you can see them press a squeeze button, but it is not elegant at all. None and of this clearly is shows, clearly, clearly shows what's what's possible with vr games and what's not just this conversation with with eli 40 seconds in is is hilarious to watch it's it's a different kind of vr body language comedy though a big a big element of vr games that you miss in flat games is is the the, the comedy of acting around with your hands and this really just brings that to a whole new level but anyways you know we're eventually gonna have to talk about the ending right yeah okay so and this is like half-life 2.5 I, I don't want it to be, though. I I didn't want it to be. I, I think this ending got kind of a mixed receptions, but I think of every... I feel like I'm a little softer on it than most people. How, how are you? I don't know. Like, I... It's hard to describe because I just don't understand G-Man's position. It just seems I... weird. 
At this me. point, we just have to narrow it down from a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I've watched many but... videos of like what he could be, but like my employers are blah blah blah. Like, okay, like what's happening? And now you're taking Alex. Alex didn't know that this was going to happen to her. She just doesn't say anything throughout the, any of the second games. Like, what is what is happening here? I think you're in a different continuity after the ending. The the G Man is a an alien time lord who. He's like a super hot VR man. Time moves when he moves, I guess. So he's able to teleport people through different parts of time in the universe. And and his employers, for whatever reason, want to escalate a war between Earth and the Combine. And so he hires various... So this happened to Alex before? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking that this this absolutely happened during... Most of what you see in Half-Life Alex happened before Half-Life 2. Right. Up until the the pre-credit scenes where alex goes into a different timeline to kill the advisor that kills her father but that ends up killing gordon freeman or am i remembering that right no no it doesn't kill gordon freeman you play as gordon freeman at the end you get the you get the the you get the little the little crowbar remember mm-hmm. and and i felt he, he she saves everyone the 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 consequences she gets taken away by g-man well, you also see her die from the advisor in that ending, right? No. Like, a vengeful... Yeah, Alex... She doesn't die. Okay, okay. I see what's happening here. You don't see her die. Eli says she dies and, and that it's time to go get vengeance. Is is that what he said? I thought that was the assumption no, and what the G-Man no, was implying was that you're switching over to a different timeline where Alex dies and Gordon lives, or you switch to a no. timeline where Alex dies and okay. or where Gordon I, dies and Alex lives. I remember him saying that we got to go get her. Yeah. Oh, but you, gotta, okay. You know what? This, I think, just brings to light the problem. No, and it's that is self-explanatory. You no, just, but that's not good enough. It's been 13 years thousands of people have actually died waiting for this game to come out yeah and it's it's pretty it's, much like the closest thing to an actual half-life 3 we're ever going to get yeah i i don't i i don't know as, if i really care for the ending like there's a lot yeah, of it that as just doesn't make I any sense i was expecting as coy and fan servicey as it would have been i absolutely was expecting and would have appreciated a fourth wall breaking acknowledgement from that like at least the g-man saying something like my employers didn't want to go through this ordeal a third time but we are going to give you a new hire i there's a lot of places i think they could have gone other than retconning the previous game and continuing on as if nothing ever actually happened for 13 years of real life and 10 how no no it's only like like a few days before gordon arrives in in this game in terms of how much of a prequel this is compared to half-life 2 because don't the don't the vortigaunts prophesize that he's going to be showing up soon i don't know i don't exactly know the timeline between half-life alex and half-life 2 but it represents i think way too big of a gap to be playing it off as if nothing ever happened all along yeah yeah i this game was cool as a vr game I don't oh, know, absolutely. like if it uh, it really nailed it for me. 
you know i i did get the super mario 64 feels on my first day you can see my reactions at the like final levels of the ending like i was just speechless when you get the kamehamehas and you're blasting combines oh that was cool yeah yeah that was really freaking cool like the incredibly natural reaction of your body and what you get out of a video game when you play vr games is just freaking unreal like i looked at a glowing orb of energy in my hand i poked it with a finger to see what would happen my jaw dropped and then i slung it at a wall and it bounced and hit a bad guy i looked at my other hand and was like holy crap like like i actually without even consciously trying acted out this real dramatic body language of events that looked like a cutscene that that i was playing shit's cool as hell it was a great vr game what you talk about man <laughs> yeah i know I, I don't know man i was like because i play too much so it's just like okay this is cool i the like only it part of that game that i'm lukewarm on are the endings and the sections where you stand around and, and watch the talk i feel I'm, like i probably would have enjoyed it more if it didn't like I'm I'm a little like iffy issues. on the puzzles. They get repetitive, but I can live with that. I just feel like the ending and is the one thing that I think they could have worked a bit harder on to pass it over into sublime territory. Because nailing the ending of a 13 year wait for for a sequel people never thought would actually happen is something that would have knocked the whole experience out of the park. And I am a little sad that the very end of that experience put me back in the park. I, I wish I had better performance with it. I think that's probably what. So Wait, yeah, you were you were getting frame rate issues. Yeah, stuttering. Which yeah yeah, which is interesting because I never. It was hard to tell sometimes. Like I would see the frame pause and try to keep up with my motions, but it did. <laughs> frame so, drops in VR don't look like frame drops yeah, normally. It's it's weird because like, I didn't really realize it. I was like, something's a little clunky about it, but like it's fine, right? And then I start yeah. to get tired, and every time I would play, I would get tired. And but when I would play. Yeah. And when I would play, um, you know, Pavlov with you, it it was nothing. Nothing happened. But for some reason in this game, I did. And then I looked it up and it seems like everyone is having these issues, like just just Hmm. like frame rate issues on like not not like they're running on like some type of uh, 1050 Ti or anything like that. They're running on a good system and something's wrong. I got some big dips in the in the end. I, I'm going to think it's because I had shadows on high and was streaming at the time, but did you I lowered get a lot of dips when you were and Kamehameha-ing your way? Did it uh stutter for you during that one? No, I didn't get I it's been the same throughout the whole thing. It doesn't change regardless of if I put it on low, everything on low, including textures, everything doesn't change. It's like the same thing. Does it still look good? Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was fun. I just didn't feel well when I was playing it. I was just like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I played it for a while. That game was long. That game was Oh, long. yeah. That's the other thing that, like, really surprised me was how, light, like, I, I was in for a good 18 hours. Yeah, that's that's insane, man. Like, like the actual Half-Life games can oftentimes be shorter than this one. Yeah. All in all, I did enjoy it. I just, you know, it oh, was I had the time of my fucking life. <laughs> I can't wait you, to you go more through a second me. playthrough all the way through. You. Like now that um the switches, the the sensors have been switched off and, and that it's it's been a while and I forgot some finer details and that I'll actually have a 
pad of notes in front of me for the review next time and that the hype has died down and I can be a little more sensible about whatever I end up writing. I'm really looking forward to a legit second playthrough on hard mode all the way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'll probably, uh, if they patch it or something, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give it another try, but that's, that's pretty I, much it for I, me. I'm looking at some old video footage and I'm also remembering how much I love the puzzles where you had to follow the wires through the walls. Do you remember those? Yeah, I think all the puzzles for me were probably the highlight for me. But I, I did not like the globe puzzles at all. What did you think about the globe puzzles? I, I love them all, to be honest. All of them were pretty cool. You're I, right-handed, right? Yes. I think that makes a huge difference because the globe is always really close to an object behind it. So I'm trying to visualize it with the webcam. Mm-hmm. But with the way they place the objects behind the globe, there's usually more clutter to the left of it than than to the right of it. Where you can move the globe, I know, but it's it's still. I... You can move it closer. You can move it far away. You can move whatever section you want to. The Did... placement of clutter on some control panels, as a left-handed person on on some puzzles, is just it's it's just a little annoying, is all. Yeah, I it, and the 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 trap. Disarming the traps are so good too. Yeah, I I enjoyed how cute it felt. Yeah, it's like cute <laughs> like it felt stuff. like a cute a cute kawaii Nintendo version of diffusing a fucking bomb. Yeah, <laughs> just just very delicately slither your snake through the safety zone. <laughs> Don't hit the walls. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It's good. It's good. I, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for me. Like, I don't know. Like, it it was. They had some good dialogue. Oh um, yeah, the aliens yeah, were funny. Um, you know, it, it, uh, I, the I parts just... where where you have yet the yet the uh, was it Jeff? My name is Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff is, was pretty Jeff fun. Is some of the best level I think. I've ever played since Resident Evil Four. Like, like the, the the Iron Maidens in in that level were just so cleverly designed mechanically and built into a series of tunnels built for them. That that Jeff took that that whole idea and, and ramped it up to eleven with Valve quality. Yeah, throwing Whoa. objects to attract them to different like and it has a whole sure- other element making sure that your fingers don't knock anything over while you're like delicately yeah. reaching for stuff. That's one thing that I I have noticed already has like really changed my mind in, in terms of how I think of a first person shooter games. Like if I have to press the reload button, I feel like I'm being cheated of an experience. now. <laughs> like I was playing resident evil, right? And, and it's supposed to be scary intense, but oh, fuck that. I can just press a button to reload. No, all, all, everything, everything about that's scary about being in a gunfight goes away. When you realize how advantageous it is to just press a button to reload your gun. Resident evil VR would be intense oh yeah yeah and you see you say that but i i I did that in like 2016 catch up son us psvr owners have the good life i'm talking about real real vr yeah so uh yeah (laughs) i love reloading in video games now having to pay attention to what your hands are doing feels like something that so many games lack that half-life alex was built from the ground up to have you doing all the time you're always rummaging through camp cabinets and trash uh sliding stuff out of the way to pick a specific object you want out of the pile 
and uh the gravity gun reloading animations gravity gloves kamehameha combine at the very very end so many so many elements of that game are built to make use of your hands and when i when i was going through through some re3 just now without it 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 really it felt like it wasn't as scary as it could have been no 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 i think i think my nerves are steel now yeah can you imagine trying to reload while zombies coming after you and you just know where to go? That's uh, it's too intense for me. No teleporting. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, that does bring up a good point, and that is that Half-Life Alex's teleport is OP as shit. Yes, it is. It's too OP. I am down with ca- handicapping myself. Like, I, I wonder if I should just straight up open the uh, console and, like, maybe there's a command that limits the distance. You can use your something. You still want some kind of sprint, but not that. That's just way too much. Yeah, you could you could run away from enemies so easily, so easily. Yeah, and I know you. You like to break shit, so you're probably like <laughs> glitching the hell out of these enemies. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm the I, kind of guy who never actually kills the zombies in Resident Evil. Yeah, <laughs> I just shoot them in the leg and run away. Maybe they'll find a cure. Yeah, I I'm the type of person who doesn't who like shoots for the head like stays waits kills them with one or two shots instead and if it gets intense and it's just like those little frog guys in two i ran away from those i hated those they're waste they're animal sponges they're just a waste of time i just snuck by them because you they didn't hear you oh the hunters the, yeah, yeah yeah the ones that frogs up on the you wall. thought they were yeah, you know, come to think of it, yeah, I could, yeah, I could, yeah. I could see how you you got a frog out of that weird, weird just blob creature. Oh, this is disgusting creature. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. We started talking about other games, but yeah, VR, VR Anyways. in this game is pretty good. The shooting is like second nature. Like I didn't even have to aim. Like I could just point really? the gun and shoot. Like yeah, I'm, it's... I'm a little afraid of that, Matt. Are you? <laughs> Been spending too much time at the range. <laughs> no, the coronavirus, of course. <laughs> but after though, <laughs> I, I I really liked the reflex scopes. Yes, how you uh, got a little scanning effect sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, could could look through the visor at where the explosives in a room are before moving through. Yeah, felt like a cool little bit of Metroid Prime in my Half Life. Yeah, it, it reminded me of RE Four. I remember you be able to see like the frozen monster with that with, with the little worms on him there's like something was there like a scope or something that allowed you to see like the yeah, little yeah, worms yeah yeah there there was you had to shoot him in the weak point or else they'd come come back right back Ugh. gross but yeah remember their smile why did they decide those monsters had needed to have a smile <laughs> whoever made that decision is it's not my friend what are you buying I, I I like that guy. I do not like the the smiling regenerators. <laughs> I'm gonna add some backstories to to the to the shopkeeper. Why are there just like in Final Fantasy VII? I'm gonna have a whole backstory of how he grew up oh before the, before the calamity. You have to do some fetch quests for him. <laughs> oh. I'm looking at some screenshots of some RE4 regenerators and now that i'm actually looking at their face i'm wondering if they are smiling or not or if my brain is just putting together an even more horrifying like mm. subconscious type of this creature mm. well whatever we're All distracted right. it's just yeah. time to go it's been two hours it's just been two hours
It's been two hours. Thanks, thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm, thanks, I'm sorry, I was vomiting on the couch last time. Well, well, hope you guys uh, are doing well out there. You know, I'm, I'm stay I'm, safe. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep indoors. Stay sane. Talk yeah. to your friends on the internet at least once a week, kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's normal social interaction, right? Yeah, I had to put myself on a diet and a uh, uh, at-home training because uh, no gym oh, being shit. open really really fucks up everything doesn't it well, well i got that beat saber so i'm good <laughs> yeah you beat i'm not even lying beating, i've lost i've lost weight from there. this okay. yeah. yeah yeah my beard is a lot thicker but when i shave it you guys will notice <laughs> i'm a fucking trash hermit bye <laughs> <laughs>